There are different um, ethnicities represented. See the different cultures, different people from different backgrounds to come together and make the most beautiful congregation in America on this Sunday. I'm grateful for the opportunity uh, to speak to you all. I'm grateful for the friends and families that uh, have come to support me and to witness Cole's baptism today. It's a, a very, very exciting uh, event. Um, I, I feel like doing a little dance. Uh, that's all I know how to do, so that's it. That's all you get. That's all you get. Uh, so to the interns and uh, the newly engaged people in this congregation and uh, all the rest of you guys, um, once again, it's a joy. I've been enjoying the youth um, and the children, um, for especially the last week with the youth as we were doing in-town mission trip, where we, uh, we do work in the community together. We um, coupled with Southwood, collaborated with Southwood, and we, they got a chance to see what this community is about, uh, what the mission and the ministry is all about here in the community. So it's been a joy, and I thank you guys for being so crazy that you let me hang out with your children. That's, that's really nice of you guys. Um, well, I'm back up here again to preach. Uh, Alex has me down, I think, again for one more time before I go to school. So if he keep this up, I might start my own sermon series, all right? And so, all right. <clears throat> with all that said, to Alex and his uh, wonderful family um, and to the elders and deacons of this church, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we have so much to thank you for. I praise you for um, Cole and welcome him, welcoming him into your family. I pray you will continue to do a great work in his family, that you will call each person to you, um, not just his family, but his new church family as well, Lord, that you will constantly call us all closer to you and to repentance. Um, Father, I uh, lift up the Green family and other people that are traveling on this, on this day. Pray you'll watch over them and give them um, traveling grace. Keep them safe um, from all the crazy people on the road. Um, Lord, I pray that you will raise up um, in this special request a, uh, a strong African-American leader of black leader that will go to the black communities and, and especially on this day, Lord, and on the weeks and maybe months to come as um, so many may be upset about uh, the Trayvon Martin case. I pray you remind us that as believers we are to obey the laws of the land and that you will keep peace among us and that you will remind us that on whether the judge is right or wrong, we do not know, but we do know that there is an ultimate judge and on the day of glory, uh, we all will have to stand before him. Make sure we get the log out of our own eye before we try to get the speck out of someone else's. Be with us now and forevermore. I pray, Lord, that you will now lower me. Take me all the way down, Lord. I pray that I decrease, that you may increase. I pray your people see, not me, but they see all of you. Why I'm just a vessel that you are using. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.
Uh, if you have your Bibles, or if you don't, uh, you have an iPhone or anything that's pretty cool that has God's Word on it, uh, turn to Luke chapter 22, and we'll look at verses 31 and verses 32. Luke 32, verses 31 and 32. If you came to church today, um, prophets used to walk into towns in the Old Testament. And they would see the prophet. And the prophet used to become bearing news, good news or bad news. And they would all run to him. And they would say, is there a word from the Lord? And he would say, yes, there is a word from the Lord. So for all of you that are here today, um, it's exciting to know that there is a word from the Lord. Luke chapter 22, verse 31, 32. Simon, Simon, behold, for Satan has demanded to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back again, strengthen your brother. Let's look at um, the subject, the title for today. Your faith must not fail. Your faith must not fail. My great concern is not whether you have failed, but whether you are content with your failure. Abraham Lincoln. I can accept failure. Everyone fails at something, but I cannot accept not trying. Michael Jordan. Far better is it to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank those, to, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy nor suffer much, because they live in a gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. Theodore Roosevelt. Failures are finger posts on the road to achievement. C.S. Lewis. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. Thomas Edison. Bill Cosby has a couple of them. They're not funny, they're for real. <laughs> In order to succeed, your desire for success should be greater than your fear of failure. And then the other one he says is, I don't know the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everybody. Henry Ford said, failure is simply the opportunity to begin again, this time more intelligently. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. in his sermon, Shattered Dreams, asked, is there any one of us who has not faced the agony of blasted hopes and shattered dreams? Shattered dreams are a hallmark of our mortal life. What does these great athletes, inventors, uh, presidents, speakers, these great people that have, have come through history as writers, what, what are these great people, all they have in common is that at one point, at least one time in their life, they have failed. And so we find Jesus coming to uh, Simon, you better know him as Peter. So let me make sure we both understand both of these guys. When I say Jesus, He's talking about some really cool guy that did miracles in the Bible. I'm not just talking about this guy that we as Christians like to quote. I'm talking about someone that was 100% man and 100% God. 
He was God, and he could do any and everything. He's talking to Peter, who name started off as Simon. His brother Andrew came to him and said, Simon, we found the Messiah. So they come to Jesus, and Jesus said, Simon, your name will be Cephas, which is Aramaic. They changed the Greek to Peter, both meaning rock. But Jesus doesn't call him the rock here. He calls him Simon, which means hearer, great hearer. Simon, listen, Simon, listen. Then he says, behold, as if Simon hearer, Simon hearer wasn't good enough. He said, behold, pay very close attention to what I'm about to tell you. Satan has demanded for you. He has requested to have you as his very own. Satan wants a one-on-one time with Peter. We have, we, have, we have another story very similar to this. Job. He, he, he what is He's the most righteous of all the people. He has great faith. And God says, Satan, has you, have you behold? Have you tried my servant Job? For he, he loves me. He worships me every day. He, he sings praise. He, he ties his ten percent. He goes out and helps the poor. He's really a great guy. And Simon says, uh, Satan says, no. That's because you've given them everything. But if you let me touch them just a little bit, let me take a couple of things away from them, he will curse you to his face, to your face. What does he do? He loses everything except his faith. He loses his children. He loses all of his wealth and his money, his property. He loses his house. And his wife turns on God and tells Job to curse God and die. His friends are saying, surely you've done something wrong. He loses everything but his faith. Your faith must not fail. So anyway, we get back to, to Satan wants some one-on-one time with Job, uh, with Peter. And he wants them so that he can sift them as wheat. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a privilege. It's something to stick your chest out about. To find out that Satan wants you one-on-one. His demons, his little goons, all those people, they couldn't, do the, they couldn't get the job done. So Satan has to try to handle you by himself. And he asked God for permission, and guess what the answer is? Yes. Peter, Simon, excuse me, Simon, Simon, he is asked to have you one-on-one. And he doesn't say, and if God or if I say yes, I hope, I hope you make it through. No. He says, I'll pray for you. He didn't say, oh, and if somehow he decided to finally get to you, I'm going to pray for you. No, I have prayed for you because it's going to happen. Village church and visitors, it's going to happen. If you're doing the right thing, if you're living for the Lord, you're going to have some one-on-one time with Satan. You're going to have it. He has demanded to have you one-on-one, to have you as his own. Sifting is a very, very rigorous, vigorous, um, I learned that word last night, process. And they, they would shake it, they would throw it in the air, they would blow on it, they would beat it on the ground, everything they could to separate the wheat from the shaft. It's so light it would just blow away. And, and in today's culture, we have an even worse process. They have these huge tractors, what, what they call combines on the back of them. They, they go through the fields and, oh, my goodness. Put a shirt in there. 
and see how that shirt looked. A shirt, not none of those. Don't put anything alive in it. I'm just trying to keep it holy now. Just, just see what it's about. And you won't. You, you may have. You may be lucky if you can find a button that's still together. He wants to separate you. He wants to tear you apart. And this is only to be done so that we can find out whether you are weak or are you supposed to be blown in the wind with a shaft. Now, I have some good news about this, though. You guys are like, oh, my goodness, I got to go through all this. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus prays for Simon. Now, he's a good prayer, too. I, I'll tell you, I've read a couple of them, and the man knows what he's talking about. He would say stuff like, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. He knew how to pray. He would take food and he would bless it and give thanks. He will go to the mountains all by himself, and he will pray. He will go up high in the mountains just to get away from people, all the noise and all the chaos, and he will pray. This is Jesus praying, praying to the Father. We find him uh, in, in, in the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. He's all about God's will. Your will be done. Your will be done. He goes to Lazarus after he's in the grave, and his body is stinking really bad, and, and he begins to pray for Lazarus, and he prays out loud. He says, I'm not praying for my own benefit. I'm praying for those that can hear me so that they may believe and you may receive glory. He's all about God's glory. We find John uh, 17. He, he prays stuff like, Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you. All about God's glory. He says, Father, I have prayed that they may be one as you and I are one. He wants us to reflect their image. And then he says, not only am I praying for these, but I'm praying for anyone that you will give to me, anyone that may believe. He's praying for you. So yes, Satan has demanded for you that he may sift you as weak. That he, may destroy, that he may tear you up, that you may go through this hard trial. But Jesus said, I'm praying for you. And what he prays is pretty strange to, to me. You guys may be really smart. But he prays that our faith does not fail. He prays that our faith does not fail. Martin Luther King Jr. continues uh, in his sermon, Shattered Dreams, to say that the Christian faith makes it possible for us to accept that which cannot be changed, to meet disappointments and sorrow with an inner praise, and to absorb the most intense pain without abandoning our sense of hope. For we know, as Paul testified, that whether li in life or in death, that all things work together for them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. It is by faith that Paul, incarcerated in a dark and desolate dungeon, his body beaten and bloody, his feet chained and his spirit tired, joyously sang the Zion songs at midnight. It is by faith that the early Christians, facing hungry lions in the arena, 
facing the pain of the chopping block. Rejoice that they have been deemed worthy to suffer for the sake of Christ. Negro slaves, bone weary in the sizzling heat, and the marks of whip lashes freshly etched on their backs, sung triumphantly, by and by, I'm going to lay down this heavy burden. We have come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord, trusting in his holy word. He's never failed me yet. Oh, can't turn around. We come this far by faith. Your faith must not fail. In every way we're troubled, but not crushed. We're frustrated, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. Faith has brought me this far, and faith will carry me on. Your faith must not fail. Your faith must not fail. There are two times in the Bible that it says Jesus marveled, that he is shocked, that he is caught in awe, that he is amazed. Now, if you don't know what it means now, I just don't know what to say. Uh, two times we find it. First in Mark 6, uh, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 6. He is rejected by his own people in Nazareth. And verse 6 starts off saying, and he marveled at their unbelief. Then we find in, uh, I believe, Luke 7, as Jesus is approaching the centurion uh, house to heal his servant. The centurion sends some of his friends to meet Jesus and tell them to tell him, don't trouble coming under my roof. I'm not worthy for you to come here. But if you just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus turned around and he looked at the great crowd behind him and he says, all of Israel, I have not seen such great faith. He marveled at it. And so uh, George Buttrick, in his sermon, uh, The Wonderment of Jesus, he entertains those two passages. And he says, twice Jesus marveled at at great faith and the like thereof. He goes on saying, faith in God is natural. Everyone believes in God at some time. Children take faith in God as birds take to the air. Doubts come at adolescence. But there cannot be doubt except where there is first faith. And even young mind dimly understands what doubt is. Doubt is this. The shadow cast by faith. Jesus knew that faith is natural. But he also knew that great faith is hard. James said, you believe, you believe in God and that he is one? You do well. Even the demons believe and they shudder. The demon told the seven sons of Sceva. Jesus we know. And Paul we recognize. We've heard of him. But who are you? It's one thing to believe in Jesus and believe in God. But it's another thing to believe Jesus and to believe God. And to believe in every word and every promise that he said. Yeah, I believe in Jesus, but do you believe what he said? That he would never leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that? Your faith must not fail. I'm almost finished now. I have prayed for you. I have prayed that your faith may not fail. You will fail. But when you fail, your faith must not fail. You will mess up. 
you will lose things, and you will have problems. Uh, Chris Wells, there's only one God, and you're not him. That's on his refrigerator. That's an inside joke. All right. Peter had failures. He made mistakes. This is after he knew who Jesus was. Jesus, uh, Peter was recorded to having the greatest confession known to man. Jesus sit down, he gave him a little trivia question. Who do men say I am? They said, some say the prophets. Some say Elijah. Some say all these other people. He said, well, who do you say I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Now I'm going to put my mule down for one second. I'm going to give this to y'all for free. Peter said, Jesus told Peter that this did not come from flesh and blood, but from my father. But remember earlier in my sermon, I told y'all that Andrew, his brother, came to him and said, we have found the Messiah. But Jesus said that this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father. I can tell you all day, my brothers and sisters, I can tell you all day, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I found the Savior. I found the Savior. But until God gives it to you, you won't believe it. And so your goal for coming here to church isn't the hope that, that the preacher preaches such a, a, a wonderful sermon with so many big words that it leads me to faith. It's not that you hope that the, the praise team and the, and the choir and the musician can harmonize to a point that I realize that Jesus is Lord. No. You're, you should be praying every day that God reveals to you that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Because if he don't give it to you, you won't have it. Faith comes by one way and one way only, through grace. It's a gift. I'm going to pick my mule back up. I'm charging y'all for the rest of it. Peter confessed, thou art the Christ, son of the living God. He still made mistakes. He knew who Jesus was. He still made mistakes. He, he walked on water. Pretty impressive. He lacked faith and began to fall and almost drown. He is recorded and said that he was the one that chopped the soldier's ear off when they came to get Jesus. He was the one that said, Lord, for, uh, no, you will not go to the cross. And Jesus had to say, Satan, get behind me. This is right after he confessed, you are the Christ, son of the living God. He denied him three times. And yet, Jesus says, I pray for you, not that you don't fail, but that your faith does not fail. You will fail. And it's because of his failures that Peter is recorded to give him the second greatest uh, confession on the man. This, he's doing pretty good. The first greatest confession is what? Thou the Christ, Son of the living God. Second greatest confession, he's healing people, and they come to him, they begin to bow down, and he rips his clothes and says, I am but a man. Second greatest confession ever known to mankind. Thou the Christ, Son of the living God, and I am but a man. And God will use just a man. It's not many wise, noble, mighty people that God called on in, in the, throughout the Bible. He, he, he used an old man with a slight drinking problem to build an ark and to restore the world. He'll use but a man. He used someone with anger issues and a stuttering problem. To stand before Pharaoh and to say, let, 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 let my people go. I can do that well. I used to have a stuttering problem. And he rescued Israel from the hands of Pharaoh in Egypt. He, he uses a man that's strong enough to knock down buildings, but too weak to tell a woman no, to be a judge of his people and to lead them and deliver them from their enemies. He uses a murderer 
and an adulterer to write the greatest songbook of all time. He uses prostitutes. He uses thieves. He uses liars, killers, drug addicts, adulterers, and it's all for God's glory. He used them, and he will use you too. You will fail, but your faith must not fail. And then we get to the part where it's almost my favorite part of this whole sermon. Where Jesus said, when you turn back, catch that. He doesn't tell Peter if. He says, when you turn back, Jesus already knows the outcome. And he is so confident in Peter's faith. He's not confident in Peter. He is so confident in Peter's faith that even though he knows Peter's going to deny him three times, even though he knows Peter's going to run away, even though he knows Peter's going to get back on that boat and say, I have nothing to do with Christianity anymore, my Savior is dead. He says, when you turn back, great faith. Doubt says if. But faith says when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. So now we see the purpose and the privilege of the pain. Strengthen your brother. We see the purpose and the privilege in the pain. What Peter is to do with this experience is to use it to strengthen others. It's not all about you. Sometimes it's a little bit about you, but most times it's nothing about you. That should be a quote. Y'all write that down. I want that. <laughs> God says, how can I use you for my glory? And your response should be as the young Samuel lying in bed saying, here I am, Lord. Here is your servant. Speak. Uh, Carl Barth says, all of us are just dumb donkeys. And we have the privilege of carrying Christ. So, matter, so no matter what it is you're going through, a season of peace or pain, triumph or tribulation, wealth or poverty, it is your faith that Jesus is concerned about. And on judgment day, he will say, welcome, my faithful servant, my servant full of faith. For you will faithful over some small things. Now, come on, I'm going to make you ruler over some great things. So you can lose anything, but don't lose your faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So you can lose anything, but don't lose your faith. Because the righteous shall live by faith. You can lose friends, but don't lose your faith. You can lose loved ones, but don't lose your faith. You can lose some of God, God's blessings, but don't lose your faith. You can lose possessions, but hold on to your treasures. You can lose battles, but do not lose the war. You can lose excitement, but don't lose your joy. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. After all I've been through, after everything I've seen, thank God I still have joy. Don't lose your faith. You can fail, but don't let your faith fail. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hold on to your hope. Winston Churchill had a lisp and a severe stutter problem, and he failed sixth grade. You will fail. Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper company because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. 
you will have failure. Oprah Winfrey was fired as a TV reporter because she was unfit for TV. You will have failure. The first time Jerry Seinfeld walked on a comedy stage, he was booed off the stage. You will have failure. Steven Spielberg was rejected from USC's School of Theater, Film, and TV three times. Henry Ford went bankrupt five times. Albert Einstein couldn't talk well until he was four and was a poor reader until the age of nine. Tyler Perry, Jim Carrey, Halle Berry, Kelly Clarkson, Dr. Phil, and Sylvester Stallone were all homeless at one point in their life. You will have failures, but it is in your failures that you get to have one of the greatest success stories. And I must finish with one of the greatest seemingly failures. They put a, a, a cross on Jesus' back. And they marched him up a hill called Calvary. He got pretty tired. And I like to think that he could have carried the cross, but I feel like the weight of our sins was so heavy that he fell to the ground. And they had to give it to a guy named Simon, uh, 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 and he helped him carry it up the hill. And once he got there, they stretched him as wide as they could, and they nailed his hands, and then they nailed his feet. His feet. Then they hung, they hung him out in the air. It's good news. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And he stayed there for a long time, so long that his chest began to cave in and he, he, he had problems breathing. That's the typical way that you down the cross. But he had enough breath to give up his own spirit. They didn't take his life, he gave his life. And he died on the cross. Probably with his head laying in the block of his shoulder. And he died. And to make sure he was dead, and to, to fulfill the test, uh, the, uh, the prophecy, they didn't break any bones. They just pierced him in the side. And he was dead. And it seemed like he lost. It seemed like he has failed. The disciples went every which way. Peter got back on the boat. And for three days, he laid in the tomb. I can see Grave and Death throwing one of the biggest parties they've ever, ever thrown in a long time. But then early three days later, he got up from the grave. And the question is, O Death, where is thy sting? O Grave, where is your victory? And he declares that he has all power in his hand. And if I was back in Ludlow, Mississippi, I would say power to make you walk right. And power to make you talk right. All power in his hand. And it is when you put your faith in him that your faith will not fail. If you put your faith in me, your faith will fail. If you put your faith in your family, your faith will fail. If you put your faith in your husband or your wife, your faith will fail. If you put your faith in yourself, your faith will fail. But only when you put your faith in Jesus will it not fail. He will save you from your sin and from God's wrath. And for those of you that have already put your faith in him, trust that he will see you through. See you through every trial, every tribulation, every heartache, every pain. 
And once you make it through, come back and strengthen your brothers and sisters to the glory of God.